All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It is the Across the Tracks podcast. Back for another evening. I am Steve. And I am Wayne. Back again. Always good to be back and uh, chat about uh, what's been happening in the uh, the world in which we live. So we've got some interesting things to chat about tonight. So always good to be back and uh, on another episode of the uh, Cross the Tracks podcast. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's good to be back. Fall has made it. Uh, football is going strong. And uh, there's a full, there was a big full moon that happened here recently, and a lot of craziness going on. A lot of craziness going on. And we're just going to touch on a few things here this evening uh, to discuss um, our um, objectives and uh, thoughts on issues. So what we'll do is uh, we're going to kick it off, and I'll I'll tell you what, my brother, we'll let you kick it off and uh, talk about some ideas that we're going to discuss tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for tonight, um, we've got, um, I think the slant tonight is uh, uh, we're going to focus on sports movies uh, to start out with. And we're going to hit on that because uh, this past week uh, was the 20th anniversary of Remember the Titans. And um, if, if you watch Remember the Titans, you know anything about Remember the Titans, great movie. Um, the the moral of that movie, I think, is more port- pertinent today mm-hmm. than uh, it probably was when the movie was made. But um, a lot of the issues involved in that movie are definitely pertinent today. We've got about three memorials we also want to talk about, uh, one from the world of sports and uh, two from the world of music. And then we're going to wrap up the broadcast tonight talking about the diagnosis of COVID-19 uh, that has uh, befallen the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and a few of uh, the folks in his circle, uh, senators, um, you know, et cetera. So that'll be the broadcast for tonight. And I think it's going to be a lively discussion. And uh, so let's let's get into it. All right. All right. Remember the Titans uh, 20 years ago, one of those movies that was inspirational and unique in the fact that it tells a story, a true story about the first black coach at this Virginia high school and the conflict that had to that took place between the new head coach and the previous coach and it all of course ended up being uh, a miraculous thing that happened in which the team in uh, around 1971 uh, became uh, unique in the fact of Virginia history so what we've got is Coach <laughs> Coach Boone. <laughs> Actually, that was the movie version of it. the The school was in Alexandria, Virginia. Yep. And it was, uh, you know, I guess it was went through the same thing that we kind of went through around the, the country. It was T. C. Williams High School, and um, there was 
you know, basically an integrated situation that happened. A lot of tensions that took place between, you know, uh, T.C. Williams School and having its first black coach and um, the, the previous coach who, as I mentioned earlier, had to kind of uh, suck it up and become the second in command. So that's what the the situation was evolved around. We had players that were um, had a lot of turmoil and stuff going on within the the city in which TC Williams was located, and uh, it culminated in a perfect season uh, with the team basically winning a, a championship. What are your thoughts, my friend? Oh, yeah. Um, I echo a lot of the sentiments. Uh, again, real life story. Um, and then what 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 that movie showed, um, you know, at the time uh, in this particular part of Virginia, you know, racial tensions were, were high. And um, a couple of things um, came out of that movie that I think we could learn a lesson uh, from today. And uh, two scenes in that movie um, really stick out to me. One was the scene in the movie where the the team is going off to the camp. They're going off <laughs> to, to camp. And so you got the white players on one bus and the black kids on the other bus. And Denzel's character, Coach, uh, Coach Boone, uh, played by Denzel Washington, yanked everybody off the bus. And everybody's like, what the heck's going on? You know, and the parents are there. They're like, what is going on? And so he yanks all the and he says, okay, this is how it's going down. I want everybody to sit on the bus with someone of a different ethnic group, black player, white player. I want you to get on the bus. And by the time we get to the camp, I want you to understand something about that person. And of course, you know, everybody, the black kids didn't want to do it. The white kids didn't want to do it. But he's like, this is the way it's going to be. You know, if you want to play on this team, this is the way it's going to be. So you see the kids, they get back on the bus, um, you know, they're 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 integrated with each other on the bus. And some of the, the scenes of that movie, <laughs> just, that particular scene was hilarious, you know, because nobody really wanted to get to know each other. So you had a lot of forced uh, camaraderie, so to speak. But he had to he had to get those guys, you know, he had to lay the groundwork. Uh, to get them to understand, like, hey, we're a team, and this is how it's going to be. The second scene that stuck out to me from that movie was when he woke them up at, like, oh, dark 30 in the morning yep. and had yep. them running to um, Gettysburg National Park is where they ended up. And uh, they're all there. They're all, you know, huffing and puffing because they've been running. And he's like, I want you guys to stop and listen. And, you know, it's quiet. It's eerily, eerily quiet. And he said, what went on here, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg, you know, you had men against men fighting against each other uh, because the South wanted life this way and the North wanted life this way. So they had a huge battle. They came here and they fought each other. And he said, what I want you to guys from get, get from this where we are right now on this hallowed ground, he said, I want you guys to understand I don't care if you're not buddies. I don't care if you don't hang out with whatever. But the one thing you will do is you will respect each other. And that, to me, was profound. And I think from that point, 
he got these guys to start buying in to what he was trying to get across to them that the only way this succeeds is if we work together and and we trust each other and that to me was was the moral of that movie is it's like yeah we we have to succeed in this thing called life together we cannot do it without each other so um those are my thoughts man but that that is a hell of a movie yeah and it's the other it's been 20 years <laughs> yeah hard the other thing the other thing that you see in this movie is the idea of parent intimidation slash you know my kid should be the quarterback yep and coach Boone basically said you know I'm gonna put the people in place that's gonna best make us succeed right so somebody had to give up their um inhibitions to being that my kid is the best wide receiver, my kid's the best quarterback, because Coach Boone put people in those right places. Yep. And then some of the players also had to say, hey, look, you know, I can't do this job, but he says, if you can if you can play offense and you're afraid that you're gonna make a mistake, I'll put you on defense. And then you can just run wild and just hurt folks, okay? And then other folks had to go, "Hey, man, I can't, I can't make this play. Let's put, let's put him in, and because he can make the play. And then if we make the play, then we win. So there was a lot of self-sacrifice in order to be successful. You know, the 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 art of success is knowing when." You have to be willing to give up your own ego and trust in your colleagues, teammates, or whatever. And by giving up your being selfless, then what ends up happening is that they were able to uh, overcome and ended up having a perfect season. Right, right, yep. Yep. Um, you know, there there were also, you know, some some great songs in that movie. Man. <laughs> yeah. Some great music in that movie. Yeah. Uh, they had tracks by Credence, uh, you know, had some Bob Dylan. They had the Hollies, Marvin Gaye, Temptations. Cat Stevens even had a song in there. I mean, they had some great tunes in that movie. Uh, but 20 years have passed uh, since that movie came out. And it, it's hard to believe, man, that we've. We've come 20 years, um, you know, since that. Um, so segueing off of Remember the Titans, um, as someone who played the game and who coached the game, uh, what is, besides Remember the Titans, what would be one of your favorite football movies besides Remember the Titans? Oh, wow. Um <laughs> It's not going to be Rudy because I can't stand Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say, and we talked about this last week, that Brian's song yep. was definitely one of my favorite football movies. And um, the the other one was, um, oh, I can't think of it, the, the guy from the Philadelphia Eagles that walked on. Uh, I can't think of the name of the movie right now. From the Philadelphia but, Eagles. Yeah, he guy, he was a walk-on for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
musicals that ended up playing. I, I can't think of the movie. That was one of my favorites as, as well. Um, and you know what? They they don't. At least I haven't really watched a whole lot of football movies. Yeah. Uh, remember the Titan was that that one, and I'll, I'll probably think about the one with the Philadelphia Eagles later. But but that was those were two. And Brian's song was probably uh, my the best football movie. Junction Boys was also pretty good. It it reminded me a lot of like remember the titans right right yep yep and the fact that they you know went down to this little podunk camp and they had the jail and all the dirt and the dust and so on so that that was a good one um but yeah those those are the ones that i can remember yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big football, uh, football head, <laughs> you know. But I, you may laugh, you may laugh, but for me, man, one of the most, I think, the fo- a football movie that I really, really like is The Longest Yard. <laughs> yeah. The original Longest yep. Yard yeah. with Burt yeah. Reynolds yep. and Ray Nitsky and and uh, suppose it uh, wasn't uh, Sonny Six Killer in that movie. I don't remember. Uh, who was it? Ray Nitsky was in there. Um, um, who else was in there? But there's some real live pro football players who were in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the gist of that movie, I mean, you know, yeah, these guys are in prison, but there was a lot of trust that had to be garnered amongst right. each of those guys to come together in that game against the the, the inmates against the guards. There a lot of trust had to be developed, and you saw those guys come together, man, mm-hmm. and, they, and they pulled off the win. I, to me, that's one of the. It's funny, but at the same time, you can see that in order to be a successful team, you got to have trust, man, and everybody's got to be yeah. willing to buy in to what their role is as a part of the team to to of uh, to to achieve success. Let me get my tongue tongue tied here, you know. <laughs> but um, that's football. Uh, I tell you what, I, I just thought of one. Okay. How about radio? Radio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> radio <laughs> was a, was a good one. <laughs> that is a good movie. Yeah, a lot of trust good. in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's uh, we we've we've been we you know we played sports and and you don't succeed, man. You if 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 somebody wants to do this lone wolf act. And, you know, think that they are bigger than the team and lot nine times out of 10, you're not going to be successful. And, um, you know, you can just look at the way sports are portrayed on the screen and you still once you un, you know, once the plot and all the the liberties that Hollywood takes in a lot of these sports movies, once you get to the crux of what's really going on, it comes down to trust and getting everybody to buy in to what their right. role is, right. you know. So, um, yeah, so there's um, a bunch that's, that's oh, out God. there. I'll tell you, the one, there's one football movie that I just could not stand, and that was The Blind Side. Yeah, yeah, the I blind did not. Side. I did not like that because it just made it, you know, first of all, I don't like Sandra Bullock as okay. an actress. Okay. You know, and it, I think they took too many liberties to say that, you know, I think. I I know what's best for this poor black kid. Right. You know what I mean? 
yeah, she took him in and all that, but it was just over the top. And I, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't realistic at all, you know? So that one was one that I, I kind of repel against is, is the blind side. That's the only football movie that I don't particularly care for. Yeah. So and what, the, uh, Oh, go ahead. And the, the one movie of the Philadelphia Eagle was Invincible. Okay. okay. Yeah, Invincible. Yeah. Uh, Marky Mark played played the um, the uh, player, uh, Vince uh, Papel. I think that's okay. the guy's name, Vince okay. Papel. Okay. Ended up being a walk-on and uh, ended up uh, starting for the uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So what was your, what, what's your opinion or what is your opinion of Friday Night Lights? Uh, it was it's it was good. It was okay, you know. Um you know. I I spent a lot of Friday nights under the under the lights and <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but uh some of it was similar. Um but yeah, it wasn't you know, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't one of my favorites, but it was it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good sports movies. Um, let, let's 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 segue since we're talking about sports. Let's before we get into our next sports topic, since the person we're going to talk about comes from this sport. Uh, what what's your uh, what's your thought on baseball movies? Oh, feel the dreams. Feel the dreams. Feel, feel the dream. it come. <laughs> feel the dreams is is to me the best. Uh, they've got a lot of, you know, the ones with Babe Ruth and all that, you know, but to me, the Field of Dreams was the best baseball movie ever. Uh, it's just so that, you know, there's the spirit of baseball is talking. Now, baseball used to be the America's number one sport. Yep. And it has fallen a bit because it's slow you know america we fast paced now but that movie uh with kevin costner and um james earl um jones and just the the idea of going back to an earlier era and playing with some of those legendary players of the past and it's connecting to the black Sox scandal and the idea that this guy these two guys are seeing the same vision but from two different perspectives you know costner is on his 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 way to to try to find this legendary writer and this legendary writer wants to be not doesn't want to be legendary he wants to be uh hidden and they go and find one another and they end up um, bonding and going out to, I guess it was Iowa, someplace like that. Yep. And he wants to, if I ever had a dream, with to, to pitch with my dad again. So, yeah, and, and all that all that happens and there's some, you know, it's just a great story and it's just magical it's mystical um you know it, it, it'll bring a tear to your eye you know and you got these guys coming and and 
and playing in this field. If you build it, they will come, as you mentioned earlier. Yep. And it just brought the community together and brought he built this field and people would go, man, you're crazy. You're going to build a baseball field out of your corn? And he goes, yeah, and, and people started showing up, and they started making some money. They, he mortgaged his home, his mortgaged his farm and everything, and ended up being such a, a, a great thing that people uh, helped them to survive. That's, that's my thought on Field of Dreams anyway, as far as baseball goes. Yeah, um, I, um, I've got a couple that, uh, that uh, are dear and near and dear to my heart. Uh, one is, uh, it's an old school flick, man, uh, stars Gary Cooper, and he portrays yeah. Lou Gehrig. Yeah. And uh, I think it's The Luckiest Man Alive, I think is the name of the movie. It's a speech he gives at the end. Right. Man, that's a, that, that'll tear at your heart, man. But it's it's this guy. He has amazing athletic skill, and um, his 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 health is um, eroded by what came to be known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. And uh, but a great movie, Gary Cooper, one of my favorite actors of all time. I love that movie. The other one that um, I watch, I don't care when it comes on, I will watch it, and that is a League of Their Own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will watch that movie every time it comes on. For its historical perspective, yep. uh, the fact that the the women's professional baseball league, which came about during the war, when there you know all the men were off in the war during World War II, and you know baseball, well, there was no baseball because all mm-hmm. the men were off the war. Yep. And so this guy had a grand idea, like, hey, let's start a women's professional baseball league, and it took off. And that movie. I mean, it gives you I mean, a great historical perspective of how this league came to be, what these ladies had to deal with when they played, the sexism they had to deal with. Um, but, I mean, great movie. Anytime it comes on, I will watch it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I will watch it. And um, uh, I mentioned that one, but I got to throw in one more, man. And that's because I, I lived there for five years. And that's the movie Mr. Baseball with okay. uh, Tom Selleck. And, you know, he's a he's sort of like a washed up player in the, in the big leagues and, and goes to Japan. <laughs> and it's the, the cultural issues he has to deal with learning to like, hey, you're not the you're not the big man on campus over here. You know, especially but, Japanese baseball, especially Japanese baseball. And uh, it's it's a it's a war of wills between him and the Japanese manager and all the cultural dynamics. But that is a great movie, too, man. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, that okay. I that I love to watch. So yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, any other reflections on sports movies before? Yeah, we, I, I have to mention this one. Okay, I, it is definitely one of my favorites and hilarious movies, and that's Slapshot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a hockey movie, and Paul Newman is yep. uh, the biggest con man there is, and so he uh, ends up becoming the manager of this minor league hockey hockey team and he has to convince them that um they're better than what they are so he starts to scheming he starts scheming he starts getting some risque players in there you know he he gets the Hanson brothers <laughs> the Hanson brothers who just look like two goons who actually were actual uh, professional hockey players at one point in time. And so they're just 
they go from being a bunch of patsies to being this um, this team that everybody hated because they became so good, but they were good because of their egos as opposed to their playing ability. And so they had a following of people, you know, and they had, (laughs) and they had, uh, you know, groupies that followed them. It was more misogynistic. (laughs) It was a comic. It was a comic. It was, it's one of the, it is one of the most funny movies I've ever seen in my life. And it's like when you watch, um, the League of Its Own, anytime Slapshot comes on, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so hilarious. <laughs> There's just so many scenes in there that a lot of them I probably won't say on here. I could because it's explicit, but uh, it's it's a great movie. Great wow, movie. Wow. Well, <laughs> let, 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 let me throw one more in since we're talking about funny movies. <laughs> One of my favorites, one of my favorites, and I, I searched for the DVD till I found it. I found it several years ago. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite flicks, man. Um, and for people, if you tune into the pocket, like, what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, they were a, a rundown pro team. Losing every game. Uh, the team was owned by Jonathan Winters. Um, <laughs> at the time, they were the the Pittsburgh. I forgot their original name. Um, but the story, and make it story, uh, make a long story short, the the guy who was the little manager of the team, he's probably a grown man now, but he came up with the idea that the reason why this team isn't winning any games is because there is no connectivity between the players. Right. And so their star player is Julius Irving. Uh, His name is Moses Guthrie in the movie. But it's (laughs) Julius Irving. Dr. J is the star player of this team. He's a Pisces. And so the little guy who's the manager is like, hey, what if we go out and get a bunch of Pisces to build this team and, you know, work the astrology thing? And we might win some games. And that's what they do. They have an open tryout of all these people show up. And they end up putting this team together of guys who are like, who are the hell are these guys, man? I mean, that's a bunch of guys that, you know, wanted to play ball, used to play ball, a preacher's on the team, an Arabian sheik is on the team. I mean, just crazy, man. And But they end up, like, winning the NBA championship, again, the, the championship of the league. But the movie is great because it's got a lot of real life pro athletes in that yeah. movie. Kareem yeah. Abdul Jabbar, Norm Nixon. I mean, you name it, a lot, tons of guys are in that movie. And uh, one of the things I really love about that movie is that um, a few of the songs, a lot of great songs in that, in that movie as well. The Silvers uh, did a lot of the songs in that movie. But one of the most favorite songs I love from that movie is a track called Magic Mona. And Mona was their astrologist uh, played by uh, – help me out here, man. I can see her face. Uh, what is her name? Oh, my gosh. Mona, what is her name? Mona, Mona, She She played their astrologer, Mona Mondu. <laughs> I can see her face. Oh, but shoot. Mona's theme song was sung by Phyllis Hyman. 
Mm-hmm. And that track, man. Stalker it, Channing. Stalker Channing, yes. Yeah. She played Mona Mondu. They're the team astrologist. And that song, man, is that song I think is one of Phyllis Hyman's it's it's it's, it's obscure track. But uh, man, you just see how talented this lady was when she sings that song. But that that's one of my one of the when again I've got the DVD, so I pop it. In <laughs> I got it on my iPad, so when I travel, if I want a good laugh, I'll, I'll pop in the Fist That Save Pittsburgh. You know, the first time I saw the the Fist That Save Pittsburgh, I was stationed over in Italy. Okay. And then the the base that I was on really wasn't a base; it's basically four buildings. And every week they would send in movies. And so we'd get probably 10 or 12 movies per week. We would watch them and then they would we'd send them to another station or send them, you know, back to the States right, and so right. on. And so you get all these obscure movies and stuff like that. And The Fish to Save Pittsburgh <laughs> was one of the movies that was on there. And so I sat there and watched it and, and, and immediately knew Dr. J and saw him. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, they, they played, you know, all these different pro athletes and so on. And, and so, um, yeah. And, and he did his thing. Yep, it's yep. a lot different than MJ space jam. Oh yeah. Big you know, time. Holy yeah, I mean, yeah. this was, these guys were getting out and playing ball, man. You yep, know, yep. <laughs> wasn't playing yep. against cartoons and rabbits and shit. Uh, they, they were playing against real live people. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That that it is. I, I I have to. I'll have to look look for that. You know, maybe yeah. I'll find it on my uh, in the uh, Apple TV or something. Yeah, like if not. You know, so. Yeah, if you can't find it on Apple TV, I think Amazon. You can find that on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, Amazon. It was when I found it. It wasn't on Amazon. Uh, one of the people who worked for me, because I kept talking about this movie at work, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I said. <laughs> 70s it's a basketball movie and it's all these guys are piping they're like so one of the young ladies who worked for me she she wrote it down and here lo and behold man right when i left uh, about two months before i left here to go to my new job in seattle uh one of the going away gifts uh they gave me this movie (laughs) so that's how i ended up and they found it on some obscure website Hmm. You know, and but now you can probably find it on Amazon. You can yeah. probably get it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I, I, you know what? Yes. If you go out to yeah, your um, your Apple, whatever it is. Now, it's not iTunes anymore. Right. But I think if you go out on Apple, you can download it from uh, from Apple. Yep. Yep. Okay. If you want to put it on your tablet or something like that. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, Sports great. Movie. There's a bunch that are out, that oh, are out there. We, man, we could uh, probably be here all night. <laughs> yeah, we can we can spend the entire hour just talking about, you know, great sports movies. That's for we sure. Could. We could. You know? I mean, and we're and just, we have, and we may have to do that uh, for another show. Uh, just, you know, we're talking about sports movies tonight, you know? Yep. Yep. But uh, we, we do want to talk about another sports story. And that is the uh, the passing this week of the great Bob Gibson. Uh, and again, we, we talked about it before, man. It seems like all these people who were our childhood heroes uh, from whether it was football or baseball or bat, whatever, they're passing away. Yeah. And uh, I remember Bob Gibson well, man. Uh, St. Louis Cardinal pitcher, number 45. Hell of a pitcher, man. 
And uh, I remember watching, you know, since we lived in Kentucky, we got a lot of Cardinal games, red games, yep. a lot of Cardinals, Reds, and Brave games. And uh, Bob Gibson, man, he was the real deal. And uh, But he passed away this week, um, and a uh, sad day for baseball. Um, but I, I remember him well. Uh, as a kid watching watching those games on you know black and white tv back in the day right right uh, yeah um when i was stationed in uh omaha nebraska at the base there he lived in omaha and he was always out in the community man you people would see him just at the grocery store and places because he was he was visible in the community and he did a lot for the communities you know around omaha he was very visible uh, Omaha hosts the uh, College World Series every year, yep. and he would appear at some of those College World Series games and was always gracious to people, would sign autographs for the kids, and, you know, people would, would ask him for his autograph. I mean, very gracious, um, just a class act, man, for the game of baseball. Your your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he was a giant as far as baseball because, you know, we played baseball going up. Yep. And um, it and it, the Cardinals were were always uh, playing for the pennant. Yep. You know, and playing in the world, playing the World Series, and he he was one of those pitchers that that we emulated. You yep. know, Bob Gibson, Vita Blue. You know, they're around at the same time. Yep. And it seems. It seems like Bob Gibson was about seven foot five, but really is only about six foot one. Yeah. But, you know, today, you know, the average baseball player is probably six foot one. And back then, six foot one was big for baseball players because they just weren't that big. Nope. And it wasn't until the 70s, I mean, the late 80s and 90s that if you saw baseball players, hell, they were all six, three, six, four. You know, and he would be small. He would be like Burt Campanaris compared to uh, average baseball players today. And, you know, Burt Campanaris was the little shortstop for the Oakland A's. Yep, yep. Just a little little, little smurf. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he had like an ERA of like 2.9 over a career. Yep. Uh, which is pretty daggone good, you know. And you think. Uh, he had over 250 wins. Uh, I think he played 16 or 17 years. And um, I want to say that for the most part, um, he was the most dominant pitcher in the um, National League for probably four or five years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, yep. MVP, two-time Cy Young Award winner, two-time World Series champion, two-time World Series MVP, nine-time Gold Glove. You mentioned the ERA. Um, just a hell of an athlete, man. And uh, again, it, it's sad, man, that um, it says something about us <laughs> that, you know, we watch these people on TV. And, and if you were fortunate, as we did, we would go up to Cincinnati and watch the Reds, and we—it was like, man, you could go actually see Johnny Bench and Pete Rose, yep, and see these guys in the flesh. You know, we—well, I, I, I would remember your dad taking taking the Boy Scouts up yeah. to uh, 
Cincinnati to watch yep. the Reds play. Yeah, we we went to many Reds games. <laughs> this, this, yeah. yeah, and this was the this was the big red machine era. Oh yeah. You know, yes, when sir. they were kicking butt, man. Yeah. And uh but if you didn't go to a game, it was like the game of the week was on and it's like you can say you're and you're watching these guys that like Man, you know, Bob Gibson, Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente. I mean, we watch those people play on television. Yeah. And here we are now. It's like a lot of them are, are beginning to pass away. And so yeah. it's sad because it lets us know we're getting older, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, the legacy of a lot of these guys, we, we, we've talked about Tom Seaver. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, prior to that, who do we, who do we uh, reminisce about? Uh, well, John Thompson passed. Yep. Uh, and then Bob Gibson now. I mean, it's it's like, man, these guys are passing away. And, uh, you know, the the other thing, Wayne, is the fact that there was mystery along with baseball because the World Series games were played during the day. Yep. Yep. And we had to listen or watch or find a place to watch those World Series games because they were during the day. And that's right. A lot of times people would have a TV or radio on at work or that's at school. Right. I, right. I can remember my first few years of teaching, 1984, 1985, they still had World Series games that were on during the day. Yep. Because I remember turning turning the TV on and watching some of the series uh, in, in some of my classrooms. The yeah. principal had a damn fit, but <laughs> he would always send out a note. You're not supposed to be watching baseball games during, yeah. during the school day. But hell, we still have the damn game on. Right, right. You know, so that was always something that was, that was good that you didn't have 24 hour, uh, sports like it is now. You didn't have 24-hour news like it is now. And so waiting to the next day was something that you look forward to. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the number of games, 162 games, is way too many these days. But back then, you know, you it, it was just the, that was the norm. Right, right. Okay, but and he was act- one of the giants. Right, but people actually watched. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, we, we, we as kids, we actually watched baseball. And like you say, if, if it was during the week, you know, maybe you're like, oh, who's got the radio or something like that? But they would have games during the daytime on the weekend. And you'd, you'd, watch, you'd get to watch a game. You'd sit around because you only had one TV in the house. So. <laughs> yeah. If if your dad was watching that game, guess what? You're watching that game too, and uh, we actually watched baseball. And then, like you say, man, once the game was over, hey, let's go down to the field and play. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's go down to the field and play. I'm gonna be so and so. Yeah, I'm gonna be the. You know, but where where did that go, man? That 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 love of baseball. It just it's it's evaporated. It's not it's not like it was. And kids, well, you know, in the black community, yes, you know, it seems like we talk about the black community a lot since we are black. Right. But the number of of black boys, young men playing baseball has declined tremendously or a great deal. Yeah. And in your major cities, I mean, it's today. It's a lot different than when we were coming up because 
you know, I would get up in the morning and just leave the house and just go and play all day. Yep. You know, and my parents would say, hey, you know, make sure that you're back before the sun goes behind the building or when the lights come on and all that. Right. But you don't see that today. Sports have become so generic. You know, there aren't very many people that play basketball outside anymore. They have to be in the gym or they have to be a part of AAU, which I feel is AAU has ruined basketball altogether as far as I'm concerned. But they just don't have those number of people that are playing baseball. And, you know, baseball has has gotten slow. I mean, technically, and I, I told someone this. I used to take the kids to watch the Indianapolis Indians play, which is a minor league team. And they had a, something called the knot hole pass. You know, you get your kids in for like three bucks a night and whatever. And I used to go down there and watch. And you didn't have to pay attention to baseball until you heard, you know, the the bat hit the ball. You got time to really look and see what happened. Right, right. You know, for the most part, that's that's how you can. Baseball is a slow sport. It takes hours. They try to speed it up, but it takes hours. And a lot of people today just don't have the time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'll say. I'll speak for myself that I don't feel like I could spend that amount of time watching baseball anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I um. I when well we have the Rockies here and and I've been to a couple of Rockies games and then when I was in Seattle I went to a few Mariners games um but for me man it's like it's not so much going to watch the game it's yes, going the to the ballpark to have a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying yep, there, there's yep. something about going to the ballpark having a hot dog and a coke and you know just watching people in the stadium now you know if the game is good that's cool but um, I think it's the a last, family outing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the last game I went to was a Mariners game, and believe it or not, the game went pretty fast. I, I looked up, man. It's like it was already the seventh inning. I mean, the game was going pretty fast, and um, but it's it's all the everything going on in the stands, you know, and the and the music blaring and pumping and the seventh inning stretch and all that good stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's to me, it's it's like yeah, go to the ballpark, you know, because yeah. I. Again, we we grew up playing, man. We we played baseball as kids, and it was some of the best fun I think I had, man. Was uh, oh yeah. Before I got into basketball, was uh, you know playing in the Peanut League in the Going little down league. to the little league little league park. Yeah, down, down on Litchfield Road, and uh, <laughs> that, that's where we after the games. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> played. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like you say, man, in our community now, you just, I, I, I'm, I, when I, when I drive, I'm driving from home from work, whatever, and I drive through a neighborhood and there's a park, and nine times out of ten, there's nobody playing basketball. Playing basketball at the park. Nobody's yeah. playing, and I, if I do see somebody, I will stop because I'm <laughs> like, wow, they're actually playing basketball in the park, you know. Whereas with us. Man, that was the norm. We never played in the gym. <laughs> we never hardly played in the gym. No. If, you played, if you were lucky to get in the gym to play nine times out of ten, somebody want to know, one, how did you get in here? <laughs> yeah. And two, you got to get out. You know, <laughs> you got to get out. And I was I was usually the person that sneaked in <laughs> to gym and let everybody in. Let everybody, yes, I would let <laughs> everybody in. Especially T.K. Stone's gym. Yeah, especially T.K. Stone. But otherwise... <laughs> 
folks. Man, you're at the hilltop or over on your side of the tracks at Morningside yep. balling, or we were down in the bottom, you know? In the bottom, and, yeah. Yeah, that, there was no going into the gym. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know? So uh, back to Mr. Gibson, great, great pitcher, um, dominant in the National League for so many years during that era. Uh, just want to say rest in peace, uh, Mr. Bob Gibson. Yes, sir. Mr. Gibson. Yes. Nice. All right. A uh, couple of music uh, memorials to talk about. And let's let's do this. Do, let's do this one first, because this this other one, I think, is going to generate a lot of discussion. Uh, Mac Davis passed away this week. And uh, for a lot of folks who listen, like, who is Mac Davis? Well, Mac Davis had he was a big, big, big uh I call him. I thought he was a pop singer. I didn't. They categorize him as country. I thought he was more of a pop, yeah, uh, pop singer. Uh, had a had a hit back in 1972 called "Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me," which I've got on my iPod. Yes, I still have an iPod. <laughs> <Still rocking laughs> with the iPod, uh, but I have that track on my iPod. It's a great song, and uh, he also wrote his version of in the ghetto he wrote in the ghetto that elvis uh made famous but uh, mac davis passed away this week your thoughts uh, if any on mac davis yeah i think he used to have his own variety show also yep, yep. um and um he was he was kind of a pop he was a tweener a pop slash country star and he was an actor also he uh, had his own variety show uh, back in the early 70s. A lot of people had their own variety shows. And um, that that one version of the ghetto was uh, pretty, pretty popular. And um, he um, had some had some other songs. I just can't think of them right now. Let you know that we're getting old. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was. um yeah, he was a, a, a really decent singer, um, good guy. That's 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 all I got to say about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides, uh, baby, don't get hooked on me. I'm looking yeah. at my library here. Um, he had a song called "It's Hard to Be Humble" that that came out in '74, I believe. And he had a track called "One Hell of a Woman" that came out in '74 off the same album. It was yeah. an album called Stop and Smell the Roses that was on. And yep. then he ever he had a song called Whoever Finds This, I Love You, uh, that was out in 70. So mm-hmm. uh, but he's 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 known for that baby don't get hooked on me, man. That that yeah. was that's a great song. That's a great yep. that's a great song. So and yeah, that's that's peace. more pop. That was more yeah. pop yeah, than that's anything more else. But song. yeah, yeah. The 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 one that he he made most of his money on was was the ghetto. So yeah. Yep, since yep. he's the songwriter, he he yep. definitely he got paid off of that. I said he's the songwriter, so so rest in peace, Mr. Mac Davis. Yes, sir. And uh, the next person we want to talk about is Helen Reddy. Uh, they they died on the same day. Mm. Uh, that was, and that was Alex's birthday. Okay, okay. Uh, Mac Davis actually wrote some songs for Helen Reddy. That's yeah. that's the irony of the whole thing. He wrote some songs for her. But um, Helen Reddy is known for probably creating one of the most um, empowering 
songs for women that I think's probably ever been recorded. Yep. Um, you know, Katy Perry had uh, "Roar," which is a is a woman empowerment anthem, but nothing comes close to "I Am Woman" <laughs> that she recorded back in '71. Yes. And that is a classic by any that song is a classic. And uh, so she passed away this week. Um, towering artist, great artist. But that song uh, to this day resonates. Um, so your thoughts on Helen Ritty? Yes, that song was developed, produced and performed at a time when women were trying to break out of the shell of being suburban women and staying at home and taking care of their kids. And so it was, it was a, a song that ignited the feminist movement back in the seventies. You know, when you, you, you think of Gloria Steinem and all that was going on during that time, that was the song. I mean, yep. it was it was universal. It was empowering, as you said, and it was the anthem for women to say, you know what? There's something more than sitting at home, being barefoot and pregnant yep. and yep. waiting for my husband to come home. Right. And right. so that was the launch pad of the the feminist movement. And it was the song that that led a lot of women into um, breaking the glass ceiling, reaching for the glass ceiling, and sticking up for women's rights. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, um, and she had another hit. You might remember this one. She had a song called Angie Baby. You remember yep. that one? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I got got that one in the playlist too, but that that came out in '74, Angie Baby. So that that's a that's another good one. But "I Am Woman" is her signature song, and um, that song is going to stand the test of time because um, I think a lot of young women can identify with that song. And you know, we're here. You know, we're 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 going for our goals. We're we're standing up for our rights, and uh, we're not going to be denied. So. Uh, that song, if if it's not already in the Library of Congress, and I have to do the research on that, if it's not in the Library of Congress, it needs to be. It needs yeah. to be. So rest in peace, Miss Helen Reddy. Um, again, from our era, you know, we she was an artist during our era. So it, again, these people, man, that we grew up listening to, watching. They're passing away, man, and yeah, it gives you like, man, that means that means our behinds are getting. Old. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting old, man. Whoa, Hell, I just, man, I just turned sixty-four. Yep, I just just had a birthday. Uh, what is this? October had a birthday in August, sixty-three, man. So yeah, yeah. we're getting up there, and uh, you know these these were our childhood idols, so to speak. You know, people we listen to, we listen to their music, we watch them play sports, we watch their movies, and a lot of these folks now are passing away, some of natural causes, uh, some from, you know, um, illnesses that, that have prolonged over time. But the fact is that they're passing away, and it, 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 it causes you to reminisce about your childhood even more, and that's the way I feel about it, you know. Yeah. So, so yes, rest in peace, Miss um, Helen Reddy. And so we now arrive at the spot 
that uh, we we were going to try to not talk about this tonight, but we I don't think we have a choice. <coughs> and that is the COVID nineteen diagnosis hoax. Yeah, it's a hoax. <laughs> uh, for the current occupant at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, I I woke up. Uh, what is this? I woke up uh, Saturday morning. I think it was was yeah, it was Saturday morning, Friday morning. Woke up Friday morning, turned on MSNBC. I always watch Morning Joe, and that's I'm like, what? <laughs> I was I was I was in disbelief. And uh, and then Cynthia was in the other room. My wife was in the other room, and she's like, "I guess you heard." And I'm like, "Yeah, just I'm like, I couldn't believe it." <laughs> and so, if you're like me, your first inclination was, "Mm-hmm, yeah, that's, that's what, what you get." You, get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was my first inclination. Like, yeah, you're out here denying and lying and whatnot. You can't put stuff out in the universe and don't think it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. But as the day went on, I actually said, you know what? Uh, we shouldn't be gleeful over misfortunes that fall other people, regardless of how we feel about them. That was my attitude as the day went on. But uh, I think, man, this changes the dynamic of so many things. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let's put it this way. Lynn woke me up at like one o'clock in the morning and said, oh. hey, Steve, <laughs> uh, uh, the current occupant has been tested positive with COVID. And I went, yeah, OK. <laughs> and of course, the next morning it went on and it went on, you know, and then um, then it became a big thing. And, you know, the, the thing that gets me and I really I, I just thought of this this afternoon. Lynn said, I don't believe it. Mm. And I'm like, well. Hope Hicks was tested. She was positive and he was positive and that person was positive and they had this big gathering. It's positive, positive, positive. Milani is positive and all these people that are hanging out with him are positive. And so then they take him to the hospital and Lynn said, I want to see him walk to the helicopter. She goes, they nothing. She saw him walk. There's nothing wrong with him. He's faking. I went, Lynn, he's <laughs> He's probably not faking. I said, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like, no, he's not faking. I mean, they wouldn't, surely wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, be doing that. And so the next day went on, you know, and he goes to the hospital and they walk, he goes, I want to see him walk off the helicopter. And they walked off the helicopter and she goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then, of course, he gave some little, you know, yeah. uh, Twitter speech or whatever, you know, and so on. And, and then today, the thing that got me today is the fact that, oh, I believe, you know, that this is this is what's going to happen. I'm going to I'm getting the best care and we'll see whenever he says we see we'll see. I'm going, that's a fucking lie. You know, <laughs> that's that. Whenever he says we'll see, that's that's a lie. He's just lying. Yeah. So then this afternoon, 
you know, the doctors are coming out and they're asking the doctors questions. Well, when was the president on oxygen? Well, the president wasn't on oxygen or, you know, he wasn't on oxygen today. Well, was he on oxygen yesterday? The president wasn't on, I mean, the current occupant, he wasn't on oxygen today. And they kept avoiding the, avoiding right, the right, question. Right, right. Well, about six o'clock, I'm out. I've just finished cutting the grass. I'm coming in. I'm, you know, cleaning up a little bit. And I look on the news and they said the current occupant is back in the hotel. I'm like, when the hell did he leave? Mm. And so I I start watching it a little bit. And then, of course, all of his minions are out in front of Bethesda, out in front of the hospital, waving their flags and you know, and shit like that. You know, it's like it's a rally going on outside of the hospital. And did you not know that this fool jumped in the the uh, his protective armored car and drove outside of the hospital to drive by his minions? Yep. Yep. I saw that. I said, now I know, Lynn. I told Lance and Lynn, you're right. Ain't a damn thing wrong with him. I said, he's just trying to get sympathy <laughs> votes. He ain't nothing wrong with him. He's trying to get sympathy votes. And the other thing that I, I believe is that I think it's an excuse for him not to do the next two debates because after that first debate in which he just acted the damn fool. <laughs> They said that the uh, the debate commission was going to um, wire up their microphones that if they start interrupting the other, then they can shut their mics off. Yep. So I think two things. Number one, he's doing it for sympathy. I don't think there's anything wrong with him now. And number two, he wanted to avoid the debates because he couldn't spew his bullshit unfettered if the people that's in charge of the um, debate format, if he starts going off, they just shut his mic down, then he can't spew his BS about the Bidens or BS about COVID or BS about the stuff that he's talking about. So that's that's what I'm thinking, you know, and uh, I mean, why would you do that? Why you you've got the virus and you're well enough to get in a car and travel around. Yeah. You know, even if it was only going a block or two, you're you, you can do that. And you got these secret service people that are protecting you. You've got the virus. That's for sure. And they're going to be in the same car as you i mean come on man it it makes it makes no sense i mean if i was one of those guys that that came down with it and i had to guard him but that's that that's so that is so freaking narcissistic man that you're you're sick here with a deadly virus but you you're you're so freaking self-centered that you got to like put other people at risk to have your ass ride around just so you can wave at people. I mean, that, 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 that says all you need to know about this yeah. guy. Yeah. 
And, and I don't know. I mean, you got to have a lot of people. If this is a conspiracy, you got to have a lot of people because a lot of people are, are, are turning up positive. Yeah, know? I know. I know. You know, and uh, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't it's know. It's shaky, I, man. It's shaky. Yeah. But but I do think he's going to play this for all it's yep. worth. It's going to be twisted for all it's worth. And he's going to say, see, I got the virus, but I beat it. You know, that kind of foolishness. Look how tough I am. Yeah, look how tough I am. You but, need somebody dude, right. like me. Right. But, dude, you're weak. You were weak before you got COVID. So <laughs> you're, you're, you were weak before you got COVID, man. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know what? Uh, this if this is what's going on and and that to me was this is all you need to know this guy don't care nothing about no one but himself his ratings and all this other bullshit that he thrives on uh oh, you got yeah. a deadly virus dude you got a deadly virus yeah and and this is this is what you stoop to so i i'm just i don't know man I don't know. And <laughs> as you said, he, I, does he want to debate Biden? Something tells me he probably doesn't. He doesn't want to debate Biden again because it was a shit show. Um, I think somebody said that already, but it was, man. It was like, this dude is unhinged. He <laughs> yeah. was unhinged, man. And he wasn't prepared. You could tell he wasn't prepared. And, you know, for the most part, Biden was on point. Biden, for the most part, didn't get rattled. He He didn't let the current occupant get under his skin that much, even though Biden did call him a clown. A couple did of call times. him a clown. And <laughs> told him to, him and clown. did tell him to shut up. I think. I think yeah. he could have. He could have done. He could have not used those terms. But, hey. but you know, hey. But my yeah. thing is, you know what? Uh, the people who were calling out Biden is like, how dare he call the president yeah. a clown? But you don't say anything about what names the current occupant has called people over the four years oh, in yeah. office. What kind of names does he call people? And you zero in on that one thing. Yeah. You know, these people are, are ludicrous, man. So uh, Here, here's the other thing, Wayne, is that, you know, the Democrats are so soft. Yep. You know, he goes into the hospital and then suddenly – Biden says, I'm not going to, I'm pulling all the negative ads about him. Well, that's dumb. Yep. We, we said the same thing, you know, because <laughs> if the shoe was on the other foot, on the other foot, he wasn't going to pull no ads. No. He wouldn't pull it. So no. now if I was the Democrat running the campaign, and this fool decides that he's going to go and take a, a car trip just to see his supporters. That's I'm going right. to put his, I'm these negative ass, let's hit him hard. Hit him hard, man. Yeah, forget yeah. it. If, if he's going to play that game and I pull my negative stuff out of, out of respect for the office and then he treats the office like that, yep. then I'm putting, the, I'm throwing those things up. I've been saving money because I haven't used them. Now I'm putting them in every damn right. market there That's is. Right. That's right. You know, he want he wants to play that shit. Okay, fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna hit you with everything. I'm gonna make you. You're already a fool, but I'll make you look more foolish. That's and right. the Lincoln Project, they're gonna they should hit him too. That's right. They uh, they should yeah. use this to hit him again. Yep. Kick yeah. your ass when you're look, down. That's yeah. my thing. Look what Kick happens when you don't put a mask on. <laughs> 
look what happens when you don't follow the uh, CDC right. guidelines. Right. And this is a this is the person that is telling you not to wear a mask. And then he comes down with it. What yeah. are you thinking, America? We're still not going to wear a mask. <laughs> <sighs> but I thought I thought it was hilarious. He's walking to the plane, man. Everybody got on a damn mask. <laughs> you know, all these people who were listening to him, they didn't want to wear a mask. Mark Meadows, he he was ridiculing people wearing a mask. All these clowns now, they got mask on. But it's a hoax. It's going to go away, whatever. They, they're, they're all, man, they're, oh, gosh. They make me <laughs> sick, man. They make me sick. So, yeah, the Democrats got to get tough, man. They got to get tough. They got to get those ads back up there. And hell yeah, I'll kick your ass when you're down. That's exactly right. We, we, we This is for real. We, we, we are for real here. We want to so win. Who's managing his campaign? To say, sir, did you see with that stunt? Tonight, the, right now, the ads are going back online. We're firing them up. <laughs> Fire it up, Preston. Let's get the hell up out of here. <laughs> it's right. we're, we're, we're firing the ads back up, man. Do not <laughs> let his ass off the hook. Kick him good. <laughs> so that that's my take on it. And Cynthia and yeah. I said the same. He's like, why is Biden Biden take his ads down? Man, okay, yeah, you, you said, oh, I hope the man gets well. But, dude, you got to kick. You got to kick him in the butt right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's how the game is played, man. Because you said, if the shoe was on the other foot, no, he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't even wish if Biden was in the hospital. I doubt if he'd have wished Biden a speedy recovery or anything. Oh hell no, <laughs> he wouldn't. It's not in his personality no. to show any empathy. No, no. So, but yeah, Democrats play nice. It's like, dude, playing nice is over. If y'all if y'all want to win, you, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. As, as they say, you got to man up. You got to <laughs> yeah. man up and, and, and put those ads back on and don't let people forget. This is the guy who is responsible, in my opinion, for 209,000 some people being dead. He's the guy. He's your guy. Point the finger at him because he lied about this, withheld information from the people and called it everything. It wasn't real. It's just some an attack to get me and all this foolishness. But now your ass has got it. So, uh, hell no. No, put the ads back up. Yep. Put the ads back up. So, that's, uh, I think, you know, we could beat this to death, but I don't think we need to. We, we, I think everyone who knows, knows us, and our, as our new slogan is, uh, we say it like we see it. That's right. And, and that is, get those ads back up and kick his ass when he's down. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yes, That's sir. It. Yes, sir. That yes, is sir. it. So uh, we're a little bit past the top of the hour. Any any other parting thoughts, sir, before we uh, sign off this evening? No, uh, you know, we're 30 days away, man, from yes, sir. one of the biggest elections in our lifetime. And I hope people don't get discouraged and say, hey, my vote doesn't count because it does. Big time. Um, Big time. Yeah, it, it it really does. And I think that if people really voted for the country and not voted for a specific party, they would probably vote against the current occupant, if that's what they really believe. Some people will never do that simply because they're hard, 
hardwired to just vote for one political party, right. which is which is wrong. But some people aren't. Some people are not going to turn their back on the man, even though that he will never have their back. Nope. Nope. So, would, throw, would throw them under the bus in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So get out in there and vote. Um, vote early. Uh, if you can, uh, if you can vote early, do so. And uh, if you're sending in a, a a ballot, make sure that you do it correctly. Yep. Uh, I think in most places there's two envelopes. One envelope that you put your your vote in, and you put it in the envelope to send it off. That's from my understanding. I know that's how they did it in Indiana last uh, spring. Mm. So uh, you know that the Republicans will try everything to disenfranchise you or take that vote away. So if there's two envelopes and you have to send in both envelopes, do so. Make yeah. sure it's right. Make sure that your signature is the same as it was or close to it as the same, yep. because they are going to try to uh, do everything they can to, to win this and to keep you from voting. If you have to stand in line, Stand in line. Bring yourself a lawn chair. Bring yourself some peanut butter and jelly. Uh, get you some water. Yep. Uh, get you some government cheese, whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Take it with you. Uh, make sure you bundle up. Make sure yep. that you are comfortable and be in line before the voting is over. That's right. Yep. Can't can't stress that enough, man. And you see what's going on down in Texas. Uh, where the governor reduced the number of drop-off locations, yeah, um, you know, and I'm like, if you can't see that these people, man, I mean, why do you not want people to vote? That's that's none of these people can answer that question. You, why do you not want people to vote? But they they always dodge, and it's like, well, you know, we think it's more efficiency and it's saving money. No, you do not want certain people. To cast a ballot. That's that's what it's all about. And it's usually people with brown and black skin. Just call it. We we see it. And so that's yeah. what's going on in Texas. I think something similar happened uh, in Jefferson County in Louisville this past election. They reduced the number of Oh, yeah, places. to one. Yeah, there yeah. were people I'm that like, were in line, man. 600,000 so, people had one yeah. place to vote. Yeah, so that that is just flat out wrong man and again they're going to use every trick in the book and uh, do you call it cheating whatever i don't know but they're going to try every trick in the book and we cannot fall for the okie doke we can't fall for all this foolishness um you know do what you got to do vote by any means necessary (laughs) any means necessary that's 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 how it's got to be this year man because we are in the fight of our lives this country is in the fight of its life. And uh, so this is, I think, man, since we've been been around, man, this is probably going to be the most important election we've participated in. I, yeah. I, I do believe. Yep. Yep. Do believe. So. All right. That, that said, uh, I think that concludes this episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. And uh, as I said before, we say it like we see it. And so if you can't handle that, then it's too bad. Too bad. uh, We are (laughs) an equal opportunity podcast. Hit us up. 
If you've got an opinion, you want to be a guest, we'll, we'll, we'll welcome you. We're always looking for special guests if you want to join us. And uh, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're here. Yes, sir. Well, with that, I'm going to say see you later in Italian, which I've given my basically uh, my sign off each week. And that's Chiliamo Dopo. And I will conclude with Wakanda forever. Oh, forever.